Alright, well, we got that out of the way. We all know it's awkward. But, it's, it's awkward because it's been a weird week, right? It's been a weird two weeks. Last week, we heard churches just going straight to online services. People were restricted to groups of 250 or more, or less, I mean. And it was weird. 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 Fearful. Anxiety. Tons of things are happening. We get news every day about COVID-19 and the spread and the restrictions and what's happening. We don't know what's going to happen with jobs. We don't know what's going to happen with people. We don't know what's happening with our friends. And the ones we do find out that have, have contracted this virus, we, we pray for and we worry. It's, it's been strange. And you know what doesn't help with it at all? Social media. Let's be honest. I, oh, I've, I've struggled with social media this week. Uh, definitely my, my screen time hours have been up. That's that's the truth. But I actually had to delete the Facebook app off of my phone because I just couldn't stand it. I would scroll and I'd get fearful and I'd talk to Crystal about it and we would I would just lead to panic and anxiety and all of a sudden something happened, right? In, in me at least. I felt like I was taken back to a kid age and and those wristbands and that I still own a few of actually where it said, what would Jesus do, right? I was like, okay, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus be fearful of a, of a virus? Would Jesus be full of anxiety over moments like this? And I was taken to a passage where Jesus is hanging out with some lepers. Actually, I don't know if hanging out would be the word. They cried out to Jesus, saying, heal us. And Jesus, what, is, what does Jesus do? Jesus somehow finds himself in this moment of time, face to face with ten men. All who have a disease that leads to being outcast, that is considered contagious, that parts of your body start falling off, And he's, he's, he's in the middle of them. And he tells them they're healed. Why? Jesus, what, what are you doing in the middle of a bunch of lepers? Leprosy was a death sentence at this time. And yet here Jesus finds himself not susceptible from one man, but from ten men. Jesus, what are you doing? You should be fearful, right? Yet he... He goes and he hangs out with the lepers. Why? Because he wanted to heal them. Because he wanted to help them. As I think about this, I think, Jesus, I, I, I want your help. I want you here right now. Fear and anxiety is written across my face. It's fallen upon everything I know and love and cherish. I look to my children and I think, what is going to happen next? You know, it used to be easy to think of things that were coming in a month or less. Now it seems strange to even think about next week. And here I'm, I'm reminded of this story of, of a bunch of lepers that Jesus heals. And my first thought is not, I want the power to heal, but Jesus, what are you doing with lepers? He reminds me, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to help them. I'm here to heal them. I was there to help them. I went into the susceptible and 
I wanted to help them. Now, I'm not telling us to run into the infected areas where things are quarantined and you're stuck in your house only to go grocery shopping or the essentials. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm getting at is Jesus can help, and it's on us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to help. Because people need help. How do they need help? And, and what's our role? Well, our role is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, should, should we have fear then still? Well, I would like to say that Jesus healed lepers without fear. So how do we get rid of fear? All these questions are floating around in our brains. And, and we're going to take a few moments after this video is over to kind of talk about these things. But I want to remind you that, do you know what Jesus' most common command is? Not the number one commandment uh, that Moses got on Mount Sinai, but what's the most common command in the Bible? Is this. Do not be afraid. An angel comes down to, to Mary and says, don't be afraid. Angels appear on the hill to the shepherds, and what do they say? Don't be afraid. Angels appear to Joseph and says, don't be afraid. Angels appear to Elizabeth. Don't be afraid. Jesus wakes up in a boat in the middle of a storm, and he says, don't be afraid. Jesus walks with Peter on water, and he tells the disciples what? Don't be afraid. Stay calm. So maybe fear is not something that should be inside the Christian body. It is definitely a human response. We had a show. I don't know if you remember this. In the 2000s and 90s, uh, Joe Rogan hosted a show called what? Fear Factor. You would have to lay with insects or fight the fear of darkness and water and eat gross, nasty things. And fear is something that humans don't like. We don't like it, but it is definitely part of human nature. And yet, I think it's something to be said that Jesus' number one command is what? Most commonly said command is, is what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You see, fear opens the door for extra problems. A world of extra issues. That's why Jesus says, don't be afraid. Why? Because he knows very well what fear brings in. Fear brings distraction, anxiety, panic. And it, it doesn't let us look to God. It lets us look to what's around us. It lets our physical eyes see physical things. And it blinds our spiritual eyes to our Heavenly Father and His power and His goodness. You know, one of my favorite things in church growing up was when the pastor would stand up and he'd get going and he'd be like, God is good! And the, the congregation would answer, all the time! And he'd say, all the time! And the congregation would be like, God is, is good! Fear doesn't want us to remember that. Fear doesn't let us remember that God is good. Fear doesn't let us remember that there's a Heavenly Father above who loves us, that there's His Son died for us. To give us peace. To give us confidence. To give us the Holy Spirit. To do so much more than we can ever ask or imagine. Fear limits that sight. And God wants to shut that door that fear opens. Because without fear we can be different. We can lead people. We can set an example. We can 
evangelize. You know, without fear, if you were to live your life this next week without fear, without being afraid of COVID-19, without spreading rumors and conspiracy theories and fear tactics and not panic buying, if you were to live your life normally following the government's regulations, do you know that people would start to see you differently? That you would change the world around you? It's true. We would be so different that people would look to us and say, why are you only buying one gallon of milk and no toilet paper? Well, I can come back tomorrow if I need toilet paper. Are you not afraid of a shortage? Are you not afraid of being without? No, not afraid of that. But everyone's buying toilet paper. Everyone could jump off a cliff and I'm not going to jump off a cliff. I want to live my life following Jesus' number one command of do not be afraid. Most said command. I love that thought. Jesus goes to the leopards. and he, Why? Because they needed help and he wasn't afraid. The disciples in the midst of persecution continued to evangelize. Why? Because they weren't afraid. Peter and John, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, are going on the way to the temple. And they knew they had, they had something for this beggar. This beggar calls out to them, alms. And Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold I do not have. And he heals the man. Living life unafraid, living life full of the Spirit and ready to change people's lives. Living life full of Jesus. Let's just say there, if we're ready to live a life full of the Holy Spirit, full of Jesus, then fear has no place, does it? You see, our outlook as a believer really will set us up to change people. These next few weeks as we do, or moments in time as we do house churches, I want to use them to, to build you up. You can invite your friends, you can invite your neighbor, keep it under 10 people, start a new group at your own house. You can do whatever you feel called to do. But this is a time to build you to let you understand your place, to make you realize that you are the church and you are going to change people because of your actions and the way you treat this. Our difference outlook will change our kids, change social media. Others will wonder why we live without being afraid. Yet we still follow the government's suggestions. You know, Sickness, fear, and panic, as we're experiencing now, is not the worst the world has ever seen. It's not. It's crazy to think about that, isn't it? But you know what's even crazier? The more you look into sickness, plagues, fear tactics, things that cause people to lose sight of tomorrow or next week, you know what happens? The church realizes that they have a job and the commodity in which they give out freely is desperately needed. During the Black Plague, which this is nothing compared to that, uh, Martin Luther was wrote and asked, what should Christians do? Should they flee? And he said, no. No, 
how Christians should stay put. If they hold office, hold their office and lead wisely. If they're doctors or nurses, then heal people, heal the sick. Actually, do you know that Christians actually stayed around and helped treat the sick and make them comfortable? So much to the point that thousands of Christians died because they chose not to flee. It's like that sounds terrible. It's sad. It's tragic. But why would a Christian not flee? Because they knew they had something. They knew they had a commodity that was free to anyone who would receive it. They knew they had something that could fight fear, that could shut the door of fear, and bring people peace. They saw a need, and they did what the church is called to do, fill the need. Look, we are blessed. You, this is a true story. Do you know why um, hospitals are called Methodist and Lutheran and the such? Because it was churches that would start hospitals to heal the sick. They saw a need and they'd fill it. Churches have a tendency to grow in these times when Christians are enabled. It's true. That's why I'm so confident that things like this, house group churches, home churches, whatever you call it, can grow us as a church. Because it, 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 it enables you. You're still invested. You're saying, okay, God, uh, no matter what is being said on the news, I'm, I'm still going to go be with my people and grow and let you challenge me. And then when the week comes, I'm, as I'm growing myself, I'm going to daily grow myself in reading my Bible, reading books, listening to podcasts, having time of worship, having time where the Holy Spirit can fill me and flow through me. Because God wants to not only use this to grow the church and to reach people, but He wants to grow you. Because the only way the church grows is, yes, I know my name is Pastor, and you don't have to call me that, but I'm not the one who needs to evangelize. I'm not the only one who needs to evangelize. I believe the whole church is called to do that, to tell people about this commodity that we have, this commodity that calls us and dares us to do not be afraid to live a life full of Jesus. It's our whole duty. So God wants to grow the church through growing you and your life being different. The church will grow through this. I do believe it. It's why I chose not to do just a live church, but to do house churches. Because I believe that if we can enable each other together, we can change everything. So I want to encourage you to grow personally, spiritually, individually. You know, church isn't just Sunday. And obviously this proves that church is not a building or a large meeting of people. It can be in someone's house, in a close community. But it is our job as believers to find the need and fill it. That's not a new statement. We've been saying, I've been saying this for almost two years now as your pastor. It's time to find the need and fill it. So grow. Let God grow you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and challenge you. And as you go grocery shopping, as you're out in public, as you're outside, 
May you pray for Holy Spirit ordained moments to tell someone about the commodity of Jesus Christ, about the one who calls us to do not be afraid. It's incredible when that can happen. In our growth and actions, people will find Jesus. The answer to what they never knew they needed. Heavenly Father, would you take this moment in time and empower your people? As we go forward, may we be confident in what's needed. May you reveal to us the needs. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.